Today on The Girl Defined Show, we are talking all about what it means to actually live the life fully that God has for you for his glory without falling into the trap of comparison. Growing up in a family with five sisters, many of you know that, we have had so many opportunities for comparison just within our own family. I mean, Bethany and I are the two oldest of the five sisters, and we are less than two years apart. So growing up, there was always that sense of competition, who likes who, what the other sister is doing, how successful we each are. And I remember a time specifically when we were late high school when, you know, the guys were starting to come around and we had our different crushes. And this one time, this guy actually had a really big crush on me. But because Bethany and I look very similar, we're both really tall, blonde hair, really close in age. A lot of people think we're twins. This guy wrote this really heartfelt love letter to me, but then gave it to Bethany thinking it was me. And later on, she came to me and was like, um, this guy gave me a letter, but it's actually for you. And she said, I didn't have the heart to tell him that I was the wrong sister. This kind of stuff Random things like this would happen all the time. And, you know, as sisters, it's like, wait, that guy likes you. Well, why doesn't he actually like me? Like, am I not good enough? That sense of comparison. And so we're going to talk all about that today. And a question that you guys ask us all the time is, as sisters being so close in age, did we ever really like the same guy at the same time? And what happened? We're going to answer that question today and talk all about comparison and what it looks like to fully embrace the life God has for you for his glory. What's up, sisterhood? Bethany here. And yes, that story is 100% true. I was cracking up. Like, I always forget that that happened with that guy. And I still, but I remember it. I remember because we were at our basketball, like the gym and playing. We played basketball in high school. And I just remember... I would get called Kristen all the time and you would get called Bethany all the time because people, they often couldn't tell us apart. People literally sometimes would not believe that we weren't identical twins. They literally, and if you see us, you're like, wait, y'all don't actually look that much alike. But I think it was just, I don't know, they did. So I just remember hearing someone calling after me (laughs) in the parking lot, Kristen, Kristen. And I look around and it's this guy and I know who he is. And I kind of had known he liked you. And I just remember like, like responding like oh like but it was like in that moment why didn't you say I'm not Kristen (laughs) he was so nervous that it was like an awkward because he was about to he had never told you he liked you he just kind of knew and so he was like this was his big moment to confess his heart to you and I don't know I just like it all happened so fast (laughs) and before I know it I'm like holding this letter and he's like bye and I just remember it was such a weird situation. And then I give it to you and we you never told him. I don't did you ever tell him anything about the letter? No, because the next time I saw him, he knew I was Kristen. Oh, so he So I think he just <laughs> never fully made the connection that he gave the letter to the wrong sister. I think he was really nervous. He wasn't seeing straight. <laughs> and he just always thought it was the right thing. We never really talked about it because he never approached me to like address it and the letter didn't call for any sort of response. It was just, just like, like I like a little bit awkward. Totally high school. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So today we are actually covering chapters 11 and 12 in our book, Not Part of the Plan. And this is sadly, this is the wrap up week, right? This is the end of our book study. Yeah, we've been doing a book club over the past eight weeks um, through our book, Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story. And if you've been with us the whole eight weeks, awesome job. We are so proud of you. But if you're like, oh, I kind of heard some, I, I would like to jump in though. Like, how can I get this free free download that you've talked about, we would love to have you download our freebie. It's basically a whole PDF guide with questions, um, with discussion. You can do it with a group. You can do it by yourself and hurry and grab that before it goes away. So just go to girldefined.com slash book club, girldefined.com slash book club. You don't even have to have a copy of the book to participate in this study. 
But it's just a free resource for you to help you um, trust God, to live the one life he has given you for his glory, to not compare, but to say, God, I'm here to live for you. I want to look for moments to live for you every single day. I want my life to be about serving you. I want to find satisfaction in you alone. If you want that and you desire that for your own life, get that free download, girldefined.com slash book club, or grab a copy of the book. I this will change your life. Like this book will absolutely change your life and give you the resources you need to know how to study God's word, to know what it means to view God through his, the lens of his character of who he says he is rather than through your own lens to live truly as a Christian woman in this day and age, which is so hard to do. Um, so grab a book at girldefined.com slash trust. You can get a copy of Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story um, at girldefined.com slash trust. So Let's jump in. Yeah. Let's, let's get to that question you Okay, had, okay. Not, not quite yet, because I want to talk about the fact that we have a family of five sisters. I think for some of you, that's shocking. You might have one sister and think like, wow, we have our struggles and joys and challenges, and there's only two of us, um, but five of us, it is it is exciting. Well, and, and we also have three brothers, so there's We eight also have of us. three brothers, yeah. There's <clears throat> a lot of kids, and we are all really tall, as we've mentioned before. Like, we're from Texas, and we joke everything is bigger, even the people. We're like mostly all over six feet tall, so whenever we go anywhere as a family, we were like a wall literally yeah. like at church growing up we would always try to sit like maybe not on the front row so we didn't block everyone behind us <laughs> so five sisters and here's the crazy thing so I Kristen am, am the oldest and then our youngest Susanna um, she is currently 19 I think there's a 16 year spread between all of us so it's not like we're all right in the Wait, same you and Sue are 19? yeah I mean, uh, 16. 16 there's like a 16 year spread from oldest wow, to youngest sister we're I know old. so when I was 16 I guess basically she was being born that's <laughs> the idea oh my goodness so we it's not like we had comparison because for all the sisters because we were obviously like I was babysitting her like we're in such different seasons yes. of life but as time has gone on and now our second youngest sister just recently got engaged Rebecca and so it's kind of crazy like she's engaged she's about to get married like even as time goes on there is yeah. more opportunity I think for comparison as we all start to get married have kids or like struggle to have kids and then pursue a different route or the miscarriages or just like even when you get married like the age you, know, you are like, yes oh, there's this pressure like well she got married at this age I didn't get married till you know it's like oh yeah. she was able to have kids she was you know just oh look she can have this kind of house she can't you know yes like finances yeah. like oh yeah like the jobs our husbands have like the opportunities for comparison continue on and it's something that we even as adults have to continue to remember exactly what we're going to talk about today which is running in your lane recognizing yes. like it is an individual race God has called us to be faithful in the life he has given us for his glory it's not a group competition and that's something we really talk about in these last few chapters of not part of the plan it doesn't matter whether you don't have any sisters like there are friends you can look around and compare to social media I mean there are endless options and the crazy thing is the more we look outward and compare and say well why isn't my life where hers is why don't I have what she has you know what can I do to make more money because I want a life more like that girl it's like okay we lose sight of the fact that we're not here to just fulfill our dreams like yes have goals yes have plans those are good things but our greatest life purpose isn't just to fulfill the dreams and plans that we have. Um, that will lead to a very unfulfilled life because we'll always be chasing after something so temporal. Instead, God is saying, I have given you life and breath and a story and a journey and a lane to run in. And your greatest purpose, no matter what your life takes, like whatever twist and turn, your greatest purpose is to glorify me. And I think as sisters, we have to regularly remind ourselves of that. Oh, so yeah. that takes us to the question of when we were younger, and there were lots of guys, you know, interested, and we had all of our crushes. The big well, question. And for me, did I, we 
ever liked the same guy. You got married at, so let's just refresh real quick. You got married at, how old? 24. 24. We're a year and a half apart. I didn't get married till 30. So it was weird because like you and I, Kristen and I would, we had that, okay, did we ever like the same guy? But then after you got married, then it was Alyssa and I, because we're not that far apart in age either. And both of us, she didn't get married till 28. I didn't get married till 30. So we lived many more years single Mm. together in the 20s than even you and I did. That's true. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. Okay. So, so the big question, being so close in age and battling with comparison when it comes to guys and who likes who and all that, like there can be some rare old cat fights. (laughs) So did we ever, did we ever like, okay, we will answer this question once and for all, but did we really think about it? Was there ever a time I'm trying to think? I don't, I'm like all the different random guys are like flashing through my brain. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. This is memory lane right now. Okay. Let's answer in unison on three. What we both think. Three, Three, two, two, one. one. No. No. Okay. And y'all are not going to believe us. I know. I know y'all aren't going to believe us. And I almost can't believe it. It's kind of crazy. How did that not happen? I don't know. Okay. So did we have guys who liked either one of us or both of us? This is the weird part. Yes. Okay. This is just kind of boggles my mind, but maybe it's not weird to y'all. But we would have definitely guys who would like one of us or the other of us. But the weird part is, is when guys would like switch like a guy would like start out liking you or start out liking me and then it would he would get the hint like maybe one of us weren't interested so we would switch to the sister it was totally like little women style yeah i remember <laughs> so that happened with Alyssa and i and she was so offended she was like and if that has happened to you and you think it's cool great but in our family it was just like we didn't really like that so i remember a guy oh if one guy would like one sister yeah. and then be like okay that didn't work out yes. let me hop to the next so sister that happened with Alyssa and i where a guy really liked me and it was very obvious and we knew and everything and it i just wasn't interested back he was a great guy though and then like literally a month later he starts like messaging Alyssa and she's just like what do you think I'm the leftovers like yes. no. it was just for her like a major turn off like I just am not gonna marry I'm not gonna get to know the guy that like what did she call it reject her rejects my sister's leftovers like, so not. with Kristen and I though like even with Zach so Zach is actually closer in age yeah. to me Zach and I are only a few months apart in age right y'all are yeah only a few months apart that's crazy I know Zach and I are actually closer in yeah. age so you would think like okay he's a little bit older than me and you're older than him right. so you would have thought like with Zach that maybe him and I would have been interested in each other more and than when, you and him when I met him he was still in high school yeah and I had just graduated so, so like and, and I was still, still in high, high school. school so you and him were even in like the same yeah. season of life a little bit more the funny thing is I remember you know and maybe you've done this where you like a guy but you don't want to admit it for some reason like why didn't I just sure. admit it I don't know why it's like I was bashful and I would try to maybe, ditch like, him ooh. prideful like oh like maybe I was trying to protect myself like yes, well I yes. am like maybe he would go for my sister so I don't want to like confess I like him or else it's awkward if he goes for her yep. you oh, know that's horrifying that's totally that's probably so what awkward. was happening so I would want I'd want to talk about him though right and so instead of just saying like oh yeah I'm re- I think he's cute and great whatever I would talk about him to Bethany like oh you should go for Zach yes. oh Zach's amazing oh have you thought no no no, no no you did not call him Zach oh I called him Clark I she called him by his last name, name. Maybe because you were still too embarrassed to say his name, so like, she would call him Clark. Like, you should go for Clark. Yeah, and you were like, I'm not interested. From the beginning, you were adamant. You were like, I am not interested. And you would tell me, why don't you go for him? Yes. You're the one always talking about him. <laughs> that was so weird, though. Like, I was never interested, but he was a great guy, yeah. you know? So, and like, you know, he played sports. He did all the things we did. But for some reason, it was just like, to yeah. me, it was like, no. And maybe that was just God's mercy because God knew y'all were going to get married one day. Well, and Zach, too, so, was like, he was never interested in you yeah, either. never. Like, he would, he kind of met us. Yeah. Sort of about the same time. Sure. Like, uh-huh. we met all, like, kind of as a group, but it's like he was always interested in me. It's so crazy. Like, clearly God had a little plan there, but I'm thankful there wasn't, yeah. like, an awkward path to us eventually getting together. But I mean, there were other guys that came and went over the years, and I never 
was like attracted or or like drawn to the personalities of the guys you yeah. were into and vice versa. Like it was it's just crazy. always separate. I think that I think because Krista and I, when you're sisters, sometimes you feel like either you are really similar or you are really different. I think the older we've gotten, the more we've realized like truly how different we really mm-hmm. are. I think we used to think like, oh, we're both competitive. We look the same. We're kind of similar. So a guy would go for us. But I think from the outside perspective, like guys could really start to tell the difference. Yeah. And I think who we naturally were attracted to was different. Yeah. Um, Cause our husbands right now are very different mm-hmm. in many ways. They're very similar in some ways. Like obviously their faith and all of that, like, you know, just the, the you know, I don't know, basics of like, like their the core foundation. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like who they are as people, it's just like, they are so different, yeah. you know? And so it's crazy because I think with Zach, you know, Dave obviously never had that chance because he was, what, like, still in diapers when you were getting married? Because <laughs> he's so much younger. When was he's... he at our wedding? No. Oh, that's great. But he wanted to be. He was oh, invited. He... Oh, yeah. Bummer. I know. So oh, That would have been cool. So my husband and I got married when I was 30, and so he was, but he, that's. He was 20. Uh, so Alyssa and I, he was 23 when what? we got married. What? When we got married? Yeah. Well, he's... <laughs> Wait, how far apart? I thought y'all were five years apart. Five and a half. Okay. Wait, so, so how was he 23 if you were 30? 20, because he would turn 24. And you had just barely turned yeah, 30. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, you barely just turned 30 when you got married. Or the other, maybe he was 24. I don't know. He was somewhere okay. else. But what's crazy is that, like, that continued on for me and Alyssa, what happened mm. with y'all. And I remember, like, when I first started liking Dave, Dave's best friend literally asks me he's like so what do you think about Alyssa and Dave and I was like (gasps) I will punch your face (laughs) I will destroy you but what's funny is like Alyssa and Dave never they like kind of annoyed each other so it was like they almost (laughs) had like a like even though Alyssa was older than him like a little annoying like brother sister relationship and so there was never that romantic piece but all that to say that has been I think the Lord's mercy that even between our youngest two sisters Rebecca and Susanna Mm -hmm. there's never been that that issue but i know for a lot of sisters yeah. and for a lot of friends that's a huge deal i think i struggled with that more with friendships true um, true i mean i remember with dave other girls like flirting with him and even talking about like i think he likes me and i just remember like really struggling with yeah. um annoyance and anger and frustration and like i didn't even really want to be their friend anymore over a guy mm. that i didn't even know if he liked me and so i know you can totally relate to that and i can of this comparison and even and like jealousy jealousy and even a willingness to ruin lifelong friendships over something so trivial or so like oh hey you know the relationship matters more than who this guy likes or or if it's something like maybe someone gets a promotion or accepted into mm-hmm. a school and we literally are willing to destroy friendships because we have our eyes on the wrong thing we have our yeah. eyes on comparing and each other and who's getting what and what's in it for me and not so much the serving the Lord. So I think we can all relate to this and it's very real and it's very hard. But I think if we can change our perspective and change our mindset of why we're here and what we're here for, that can Mm -hmm. solve so many of the issues. And we fully unpack that in chapters 11 and 12. So I really encourage you. I know it's hard to finish books. I know sometimes (laughs) you get through and you're like, life got busy, the summer's coming, you know, but I really encourage you read chapters 11 and 12. They are so crucial to the message of this book and to really your life purpose and why you're here. It will bring Mm -hmm. you so much freedom. So grab a copy of Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story. Read chapters 11 and 12. Like I said, get a copy anywhere online or at girldefined.com slash trust because I think that this will help you to live a life that is full of joy and satisfaction and a focus on Christ and really fulfilling why you're here. Um, And this will help you guide you in that process. Something that is a really negative impact of falling into this comparison trap, this jealousy trap, this losing sight of what our greatest purpose is, 
which is to glorify God, to build his kingdom in the life story he's given us, even when plans do not turn out at all the way we'd hoped. One of the really negative impacts is that we lose our ability to really minister to those around us and love them well and celebrate the joys that they are walking through, right? And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like a friend Mm -hmm. gets engaged, you've been longing for marriage, you're single, and it's hard for you when your eyes are focused on what you don't have. God, why haven't you given me this? I'm jealous of this friend who has this good gift. We lose our ability to even minister and love this person in that season and celebrate the joys that we're walking through. And that is honestly a huge loss and something that I think so many of us don't think about. And we just, okay, like trudge through and like, you know, drag ourselves to the shower to celebrate her, but in our heart, we're grumbling. And that is like such a joyless way to live. It is not showing others the love of Christ. It's not showing contentment in Christ. It's really a lack of trusting God with our story and her story. And that's why we really unpack this idea of running in your lane. And you kind of imagine like, All of us as sisters, like the sisterhood, right? The Christians, you, me, all of us around the world, we're sisters. And rather than running, like we're, imagine that we're all running in different lanes. Like imagine a highway with like a million lanes. (laughs) Like we're all running in the lane. What God is saying is keep your eyes forward. Keep your eyes focused on the greatest goal, which is to build my kingdom, to love others, to love me, um, to keep your eyes set on what's eternal, not only on what's earthly. And when we do that, it's like, okay, we're looking forward. And as we glance left to right, we can celebrate the journey, the lanes, the paths, the stories that God has for all of our other sisters because we're going, okay, yeah, that's different than my story. Oh yeah, look at her. She's a little ahead in the race. Like she's in that next season where I really want to be, but because my eyes are looking straight forward at the ultimate goal, I can celebrate with her. I can cheer her on and say, wow, sister, like I'm so encouraged for the blessings um, that God is giving you for the things that he's doing in your life. I'm excited for that, right? Um, And vice versa, if we're going through really hard times as we're running in our lane and it's challenging and there's loss, which we have personally walked through a lot of, I know you have too. um, We each have our own story of that rather than looking to the side and being like, whoo, glad I don't have that going on. We can look to the left and right with compassion, with those eyes of love and say, wow, like let me link arms with you in this moment and help you forward on this path because I see that it's really hard. And so that like is to me is such a beautiful picture of the sisterhood running each of our races separately, but together in unison for God's glory. And rather than looking left to right and viewing it as like a race and a competition, we're viewing it as a race that we want to run faithfully for God's glory. And in that there's just so much freedom, so much peace, and so much contentment that can come even when we run through some of those harder patches. And, you know, the Bible talks specifically about that, and we unpack this fully in Not Part of the Plan, but I love Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, um, where it sets this idea. It talks about how the Christian life isn't, it, you know, it's not about competing with one another. It's about running the individual race that God has set before us. So Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely— And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus was obviously the perfect example Mm -hmm. of running the race that was set before him, not looking to the left, not looking to the right, but looking to his father looking to God and saying, I am here on a God-defined mission to fulfill the purpose that you have for me as my father. And Jesus obviously, like it says, despised the shame and is seated at the the throne of God. He came and endured the cross for us. We are here on a God-defined mission and our, our eyes need to be on Jesus. Just like this passage says, looking to Jesus. That's it. 
that's the compare that's the key to compete uh, defeating comparison. It's running the race God has set before you, not the race He set before your sister, your coworker, or your best friend. It's looking to Jesus and remembering that He is your reason for life. He is the one, you know, like he is, when your eyes are on him, you can't look to the left. You can't look to the right. You're focused on him. You're saying, Jesus, I am here to live for you. I am here for your glory. I am here to make your name great. I am here to run the race you've set before me, whether that means getting married young, getting married late, never getting married, having biological kids, not having biological kids, going through certain trials. I am here to live for you to make your name great. Ultimately, that's what my purpose is. And that's where I will find the most joy the most satisfaction is by keeping my eyes on you. Um, I think that it sounds so simple, like looking unto Jesus, like, okay, that that really isn't going to do anything. But I challenge you to try it. When you are tempted to compare, when you are tempted to go into despair, if you say, no, I need to look to Jesus. I need to remember the gospel. I need to remember the example that my Savior has set for me. And I need to remember that it's not, you know, these people around me trying to get to a finish line. It's running to my Savior and and striving to live for him as long as he has me here. And I am going to do that faithfully with his strength. And when I'm starting to feel discouraged, I'm not going to look to the left and say, well, why does she have that? I'm going to say, Jesus, help me to live for you. I'm struggling. I want to focus on you. And when your eyes are on him, you'll be able to say, wow, look at my friend. She has a different Mm -hmm. race and she's striving to live for Christ. Let me celebrate and cheer on what she's doing because it's a completely different, (laughs) like it's not even on the same track. We're on different tracks, you know? So I need to celebrate and encourage the track she's on because God has a different story for her. And that's been so so um, crucial for us yeah. having five sisters, and now we have sister-in-laws. And I always say that wrong. Is sisters-in-law. Sisters-in-law. What if it's just one? My sister-in-law. My sister-in-law. Okay. So sisters-in-law or... Because it's not laws. Like, there's lots of laws. It's like sisters. <laughs> like, the laws of the yeah. sisters. Sisters-in-law. Sisters-in-law. We have many of them. Um, <laughs> married in and just all of the things. And so all of that, we have to say, no, we're all on individual tracks. We are all living for the glory of God and we can't compare. We can't look, uh, you know, at each other and despair. And, you know, Kristen and I actually really go into detail in the different Mm -hmm. trials that we've each faced, the different struggles. Like, you know, Kristen got married, you know, eight years before I did. So there was that whole like change of Siva's and like we had done everything together up until that point. And now she was married moving forward in a completely different place in life. And I'm here like, you know, not. And it just felt so weird. Like, how are you moving forward in life? And mm-hmm. I'm not. Um, and then, you know, it's like the whole, we've talked a lot about children and that whole journey. And so Kristen shared lots about her story of, you know, infertility, adoption. I just shared a big update on what's been going on in my life. Um, you can listen to the previous episode, episode 72, where I share about my recent miscarriages and just the struggles that I faced there. Mm-hmm. And so we know there's going to be hardship. We know there's going to be trials. And if we are looking around and comparing to those around us, it's only going to make it that much harder. And I think that our lives are going to be filled with anxiety and worry and fear because our eyes are on the wrong place. Um, I know it sounds simple to say peace is found in Jesus, but it truly is. When our eyes are on him, there isn't room to fear. There isn't room to worry because we know the one who holds tomorrow. We know that God is in control. We know that he is good. We know that he is sovereign. And if you're doubting all of this, you know, we have been talking about this over the past seven weeks. So go back to week one of the episodes. You know, you can just go back seven episodes, start there, listen through because we unpack God's character. We unpack fear. We unpack worry. We unpack everything. Surrender. Surrender to help you get to the point of living yeah. for Christ, what we're talking about right yeah, now. Yeah, how to navigate crazy girl emotions. I know it's so true. Um, something that I think is really helpful, and we actually talked about this in 
the last chapter, um, not these two, but chapter 10. And it's this example of Mary. And I just love this example so much. She's the mother of Jesus. But before she became the mother of Jesus, you know, many um, scholars believe she was just a teenage girl. And so she's this young girl striving to live a life to honor God, a faithful life. I mean, she was a, a virtuous woman. We get that picture in scripture. And she's engaged to Joseph. And then out of nowhere, you know the story, an angel appears to her and tells her, like, behold, you are going to bear Jesus, the savior of the world. And she's like, how can this be? I'm not even married yet. I'm just engaged. And, you know, the, the angel tells her the Holy Spirit will come upon you, overshadow you. Um, it's going to be a miraculous conception, basically. Um, and Mary could have responded in so much fear. Um, and, you know, talk about her life taking a drastic twist and turn, an unexpected um, hurdle in a sense. I mean, in her society at the time, this was going to be um, appear to be an extremely disgraceful thing. Um, and in her culture, something that she could even be stoned for, something very disgraceful. It would appear to be some sort of sexual immorality. Um, something like that took place. She's not even married and she's pregnant. And so I'm sure there was a lot of things running through her mind as this twist and turn is happening in her story, as God is calling her to walk this path that she never saw coming. And I absolutely love the words that she says. Um, and I think this is, let me just glance where it's being pulled from, from Luke 1, 26 through 28 is where um, this, you can read about this story. But she literally says, she responds to the angel after he says, this is what's going to happen. Nothing is impossible with God. And Mary says, behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And that to me is the most surrendered heart open-handedness, trusting the Lord. There were a million pieces that had question marks that she had no idea how we're all going to fit together to bring about this, this news that, that the angel shared with her. And her response is, behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She knew that her greatest mission wasn't to have this perfectly planned engagement, this whole process unfold exactly the way she wanted. She was willing to allow all of her life plans to be turned completely upside down in a posture of humility and say, basically, God, you are God. I am not. My greatest purpose is to build your kingdom. And behold, I'm your servant. That's my ultimate purpose is to serve you. And however you want me to serve you, I am willing. Let it be done to me according to your word. And I've just been so encouraged by this response of Mary, this heart posture. It didn't come out of nowhere. She obviously was a woman who was cultivating this sort of love and trust in the Lord because she wouldn't have been able to respond that way genuinely if that wasn't something she had been walking in. And so that I think is such a beautiful example for us as modern Christian women who also follow the same Lord, right? He's the same God who was talking to Mary, same God um, that we serve today for us as modern Modern Christian women with the twists and turns of our story that looks so different than we imagined, so unexpected, different than the sisterhood around us, to look in those moments, even in the pain, and say, Behold, I am your servant, Lord. Let this be done to me according to your will. What you will is what I will walk in. Just help me to do it faithfully. And we can't do it without God's strength. We need his strength. And there have been so many hard moments in my life, over, especially over these past 10 years, with the miscarriages, with the diagnosis of unexplained infertility, and then even my husband and I feeling the Lord prompting us, calling us to pursue international adoption. So many unknowns in that process, especially in the middle of a pandemic last year. Um, so many times where I had to just open my hands and say, Lord, I'm your servant. You know, whatever you will, 
Like, give me the grace to walk forward in that, um, in these losses, even in these joys, Lord, and to not look around and compare, even at Bethany's story, Alyssa's story, you know, my friend's story, ladies in my church, like, Lord, help me to run this lane that you have set before me um, for your glory, looking to Jesus, keeping my eyes focused on him. And that has helped me personally in some of those darker valleys so, so much. And so I just want to encourage you with that same heart posture that Mary had to even look up that scripture in Luke and make that your own prayer and ask the Lord to make it real for you, that you would be a woman who trusts him, that you would be a woman who's focused more on building his kingdom than on building your own in the ups, in the downs. And ultimately you would say, "Um, behold, Lord, I am your servant. Allow me to walk this journey faithfully for your glory. That's such a good place to end this study. I feel like that's exactly the heart we want to have. And that's really the heart message of not part of the plan, trusting God with the twists and turns of your story. And I just want to challenge you to finish reading this book if you haven't. If you're in the middle of the study, continue on because it really, you know, we don't have the power to change lives, but the power of the Holy Spirit working through the scriptures and the truths in this book, we really, we really believe it can impact you and change the way you view life. And that's just our prayer and our passion is that you would become a woman who says, God, I want to live for you. I am your servant. Let me be all about you and let me be all about your glory. Um, So that's our prayer for you. I just encourage you to grab a copy of this book. If you haven't already, go to girldefined.com slash trust, girldefined.com slash trust. We also offer a great discount on bundle, a bundle of books. So if you want to, like you and a group of friends, do a book study, we have free questions in there free discussion. So I really encourage you to take advantage of that opportunity. And you know, episodes like this, um, they really only get out there and they really only get heard if you um, take the initiative to share or to leave a five-star review. Um, So if you have a friend where you're like, wow, I know that this could be really encouraging, copy that link and send it to her. A really easy way to share these episodes is just to screenshot it and post it to your stories, like Instagram stories, if you listen there. Um, Another easy way to help spread the word is to literally just tap that five star. You can tap the five star on, you know, Apple Podcasts every single time you listen. And you know what that does? It helps to go up in the rankings so that when people are searching, they find the Girl Defined show. And it's not a matter of us like, do it for us. It's like, we want the message of God-defined womanhood, of trusting God to be available to everyone. We know there are so many loud messages telling people, telling women to follow their hearts, to speak their truth, to be all about themselves. And we want to bring this radically different message to the table because we feel like this is the purpose of every image bearer of God, which is every woman, every man who exists. Um, So we just ask for your help in being a part of this sisterhood and spreading the word. And you never know, just by sharing this with one friend, how this could impact and change her life. So be bold, be brave in that. And yeah, go back and listen to the last seven episodes. If you haven't already, catch up, um, listen to them with friends, listen to them with sisters. And we can't wait to see you again next week.